Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where OP tricks his boss into giving him five months of free paid vacation. Our next Reddit post is from Gerberin. This happened in Germany, so the laws are different to other countries, especially the US. I was working for a family-owned business of about 40 employees a couple of years ago. My time there wasn't the best because I had huge problems with my boss's younger brother. He was on early pension and officially just working on a small part-time contract, while in reality working full-time with getting most of his salary out of pocket. Since I was hired, that meant that for him, he worked for about half as many hours as before, which caused a huge pay cut, which pissed him off, as you can imagine. He talked bad about me behind my back all the time and tried to get me fired. Dealing with him was a pain in the butt, but I didn't have to deal with him too often. My coworkers were nice and the pay was good, so I didn't care about finding another job, despite the fact that my relationship with my boss and his wife got worse over time. My boss even came with me to two deliveries to customers because his brother probably told him that I would waste time during these deliveries. One day, I had to make a delivery with my boss's wife's car because the company car I normally use was being inspected all day. Unfortunately, I scratched the fender of her car on a wall when I tried to get out of a parking spot. The scratch was barely noticeable, but I immediately reported it to one of my coworkers so that no one could say that I was trying to brush it under the rug. I did the delivery, and when I came back, my boss's wife was already waiting for me. She went completely crazy and screamed at me for ruining her car before she even inspected it for damage and she said that she would take the repair money from my paycheck. I told her that I won't pay for anything because the insurance will cover it, and with that, she slapped me across the face. I immediately turned around, grabbed my stuff, clocked out, and went to the doctor to get a sick note because of mental stress, which I threw into the company's mailbox that evening. Two days later, I got a termination letter in the mail, and I had to laugh when I read the first sentence. We're terminating your legal contract immediately, or if this isn't applicable, within the legal 30 days. To people who aren't familiar with German workers' law, it's illegal to terminate a contract immediately and within the legal period of time in the same termination letter. You could do one or the other, but not both at the same time. So, I went to the government office to apply for unemployment and hired a lawyer to sue my boss for illegal termination. Two and a half months went by until I got a court date, and my boss was really pissed when the judge explained to him that the termination was illegal, and that he had to pay me for the last two and a half months. But the illegal termination wasn't the only mistake he made. The judge gave me two options. I could accept an immediate termination on that day and leave without compensation, or I could have a two-month salary compensation, but I have to work another month for the company. My boss laughed at me and said that I'm too scared to go back to work and that he's really happy that I'll leave the court unemployed. He didn't look too happy anymore when I asked him, Why should I be scared? Do you want to beat me like your wife did? So I took option B and went to work the next morning. My boss's brother was already waiting for me to hand me a termination letter and made comments about how difficult the next 30 days would be for me. I checked the termination letter, and after I saw that everything was right, I just said that I'm not feeling well, turned around, and went to my doctor to get another 30-day sick note because of burnout. So, by the end, I had three and a half months of vacation with full pay. 
as well as two additional months of salary compensation, and my boss had to pay for my lawyer too because he lost in court. I could have sued my boss's wife for the slap too, but that would have been too much stress for maybe a couple of hundred euros. Our next Reddit post is from one more time. A few years ago, I started seeing this guy casually. We both explicitly agreed when we started that we weren't really looking for a relationship. That went on great for a bit, but a few months in, things started to get ambiguous. He started acting really inconsistently, sometimes acting and talking like we were in a relationship and sometimes ignoring me or getting really flaky. Now, personally, I wasn't actively looking for a relationship because I had a lot of things to focus on at the time, but I wasn't opposed to it either. I was good either way, so long as I knew what was going on between us. So, after a few weeks of him seesawing back and forth particularly hard, I'd had enough and decided to talk to him about it. Honestly, I was fine either being casual or in a relationship. I just couldn't tolerate being kind of in between, and I wanted to set up boundaries. When I tried to ask him about what he wanted to do though, he blew up. Basically, he tried to convince me that it was all in my head, that I just made up this behavior. When I pushed him for clarity on what he saw us as, he responded that we're just two people who see each other when they feel like it, nothing more. This was clearly not what he had been communicating before, but I did ask for clarification, so I got what I got. If he had said this without the gaslighting, I probably would have been okay with that, but at this point, I was ticked off. So, I said okay. I talked with him for a few minutes, led him to the door, and smiled goodbye. Then, I closed the door and never saw him again. He probably thinks that I ghosted him, but I know that all I did was accept his terms. We were just two people who saw each other whenever we felt like it. It just so happened that after he blew up at me about the whole thing, I didn't really feel like seeing him anymore. He did end up messaging and calling me a few times since then, asking to hang out. I answered, but I never saw him because I just didn't feel like it. Our next Reddit post is from LanguidBot. When I was a baby, my mother was home full-time with me and three siblings under the age of six. According to my mother, one day my father comes home and is mad because dinner isn't ready and waiting for him. Mom tells him she's busy and it'll be ready soon. Dad says he doesn't know why she didn't do it sooner, and here's his mistake. Because it's not like she's been doing anything all day but sitting around babysitting. Foolish, foolish man. Game on. My mother decides that she'll show him what life is like when she sits around all day doing nothing. For the next few days, mom lets the kids run wild. She picks up nothing, she doesn't tell the kids to pick up anything, and she doesn't stop the kids from getting into anything. Mom said that she just sat there, making sure that nobody was doing anything dangerous. She didn't clean or do laundry, but dinner was waiting. After several days of a hot mess at home, my father couldn't take it. He apologized and admitted that he was wrong. It was quite a milestone in our family. My dad was not known for admitting that he was wrong or apologizing. Mom one, dad zero. Down in the comments, we have this post from OK Cat. Good for your mom. That reminds me of a story that I read in a book about the history of vanilla where the wives of farmers in South America liked to have their hot chocolate during mass. And the priest was pissed about mass being interrupted by their servants running up and down the aisles with their drinks. So he bans hot chocolate in the church and all the women moved to have mass in the local nunnery instead. 
Well, wouldn't you know it, Mass is now empty because they've banned the men from attending or they're sleeping on the couch, so to speak. It was a great moment to read about, even if the priest did end up relenting in the end. Our next Reddit post is from Melvin the Brave. We all do stupid stuff in our 20s. Well, for me, it was moving into a shoddy apartment with my fellow mental health risk friend. We were both well aware that we may have to break the lease at some point, so we found an apartment that was just barely within price range and had the option to break the lease early. It was okay, at first. There was linoleum peeling up in the bathroom, and if we didn't wipe down the windowsills, particularly the far corner ceiling of my bedroom, we would get mold. But this is Oregon, and as a food stamp family, as I was called in school, I'm familiar with mold. No biggie. Then our washer, which we were paying an extra 100 bucks a month to have in our unit, started leaking. We put in a maintenance request, and we tacked on the peeling linoleum as well, since they'd already be in our unit to fix the washer. They patched up the washer and did a half-assed job repairing the patch of linoleum. A month later, the linoleum, since they hadn't actually fixed the underlying problem of the peeling linoleum, had come up again. And the bathroom sink, washer, and dishwasher all had problems of one kind or another. They came in again and said that if we wanted them to fix the patch again, it would cost 450 bucks to replace the whole floor. So that part of the linoleum just never got repaired. Two months, three hospital trips for my ex-roommate, a still broken dishwasher that was unusable, a leaky washer, and a close call for my roommate falling down the stairs, we put in a request for accommodation to be released to our parents on the grounds of mental and physical disability. They denied the request, simply offering to move us to a downstairs apartment. They don't want to let us out of this lease, even though my roommate had attempted to unalive herself twice and almost cracked her head on the stairs. Fine. Malicious compliance incoming. I went through the lease agreement to figure out how much it would cost to break the lease. And I quote, The fee to break this lease is $1.50, or 1.5 times rent if left blank. Someone either messed up the paperwork or figured that no one would read it. So, I put in a 30-day notice of intent to move out, with $1.50 worth of quarters in the envelope. The aftermath. They tried to tell us that we couldn't move out because 1.5 times rent is not a buck fifty. They threatened us with lawyers. I called their bluff and suggested they reread the lease agreement they signed. Then I paid my half of the repairs and I haven't heard from them in like three months. Our next Reddit post is from Moving to Cincinnati. This happened in 2018. I just moved to a new apartment. It was a three-bedroom first-floor apartment with a finished basement. It had two bedrooms, a living room, and a kitchen on the first floor. It also had a bedroom with a full bath in the basement and a bar-slash-gaming area. It was also in a very nice area of the city. The apartment was owned by a corporation. Honestly, we loved that apartment, until it kept having reoccurring issues in the basement. The carpet was wet from time to time, and at first the landlord would send a cleaner to come and handle it, but it just kept happening. I asked them to find and fix the issue, but they didn't. I told the owner that I'd call the city inspector to check the building, and they laughed at me and told me, Go ahead, call the city inspector. So, I did. I called the city twice until I was finally connected to the right department and they sent an inspector a week later. The inspector found so many building violations. 
They told me they would contact the building owner and they'd be back. The next day, the owner called me and begged me to tell them what I knew about the problem with the apartment. I told them that I'd send complaints multiple times and they could check their records. The city inspector, the owner, and the property manager came two weeks after that, and the city inspector was whooping their butts. He laid into them. It was bad. They had to deal with structural issues, foundational issues, and some safety issues too. There were four tenants in that building, including us. It was a big colonial multifamily home divided into four apartments. They had to break the lease with all of us to fix that building. They couldn't fix it with us living there. We were ready, and we had already consulted a lawyer. We told them, 1. We want our deposit back before moving out. 2. They paid for all of our moving expenses. 3. They paid for our deposit at the next place we lived. They couldn't kick us out, they couldn't rent the apartment until after they passed inspections, and there were four of us and we could sue them for placing us in a dangerous building. In the end, they spent so much money to relocate us and fix the apartment. And beneath that, we have this story from Thistle Fizz. I had one of these situations with bed bugs once. My wife was nine months pregnant and woke up one day with welts on her legs. We found dead bed bugs and we told the landlord. He said it was just dust mites. I told him I would call the city if he didn't do anything, and he hung up on me. So, I called 311. Now, anyone who's lived in New York City knows that when it comes to bed bugs, the city does not screw around. I had an inspector at my apartment within one hour. He found the bed bugs. The landlord had to pay to fumigate the entire building and foot the bill to wash all of our soft goods. It turns out the bugs had migrated to the building next door, and I think he had to pay for that, too. His cantankerous wife ended up calling and screaming at me. So I called the city again and reported them for abuse. I don't know if that's actually a thing or if the city actually did something about it, but I never heard from her again, and the landlord was deeply apologetic. Huh, this makes me think. If you're ever pissed at your landlord in New York City, I guess you could just go, like, get bed bugs, intentionally bring them into your apartment, then call the city and, you know, send your landlord a bill, which would, you know, give your landlord a bill of, like, probably five figures, 10k to fumigate an entire building. Seems reasonable to me. Our next Reddit post is from Snoo Pickles. This happened years ago, when I was just starting to wake up to companies abusing employees and employees taking it because they were just thankful to have a job. I worked as a sales rep for a company in the technology field. Two-way radios and alarms, to be specific. This company never had enough technical staff, so I started training people myself, and I asked our lead technician to teach me to program and sort out minor problems, as well as do installations. This was nice, since I was doing client visits one to four times a month, depending on how big the client was, and I could sort out problems while I was on site. I ended up doing most of my clients' installations, and the manager of the technical department was happy because it's less work for him. And he knows that I do the jobs properly because I want to keep my clients happy. Accordingly, he had no problem signing my timesheets and overtime hours as well. My overtime was typically about 10 to 20 hours a month, so 2 to 5 hours a week. I think this was a great deal for the company, since I was basically doing the job of two people. This went well for a few months, until one day, just before payday, I got called in by the owner. 
He had my timesheets for the past few months in front of him. He asked me what they were, and I gave him an explanation. He scratched out my overtime, saying that sales reps don't get paid overtime. I tried to explain to him why I was claiming overtime and that he can ask the tech manager, but he was having none of it. I was pissed because this was my money, but whatever. A week later, I was at a client site about 100 miles away from the office. We had a big installation, and I was almost done except for programming and tidying up some cables. I checked the time, and I told the apprentice technician to pack up. He was like, but we're not done with the job. I told him, I don't care. I don't get paid overtime. It's 2 p.m., and it's still a two-hour drive back to the office. We pack up as the client comes out, and I give him the explanation, saying that we'll be back the following morning to finish what was effectively 30 to 45 minutes of work. The client was not happy, but he did understand that I don't get paid to work late. I was on the phone for about 15 minutes when my phone rings. It was the owner, the same one who said that I don't get paid overtime. He asked me what I was doing and why I wasn't finishing the job because the client was not happy. I gave him my explanation, and then I said that he said that I don't get paid overtime, so why should I work late and I'll drive back to finish it tomorrow? Silence for about five seconds, as I assume he realized that I was following his express instructions and there was nothing he could do. He told me to go back and finish the job, and we can talk about it later. I told him, no, not unless he pays me overtime. He says that he will, and I tell him to put it in an email before I turn back. I could hear him go red in the face, and he said that he would send me the email now. A few minutes later, the email came through, so we turned around and finished the job. I got paid my overtime, and never again did I run into any problems with my overtime. I was the only rep out of about five people who got paid overtime. That was r slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.